Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. See, a person has to make a choice to leave. That's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, hey, you must be born again. Your choice. I have to repent of my sins and believe. And believe is an action word. It's not just head. It's an action word. It means a lifestyle of following Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. He didn't say, just get saved, have your life insurance for heaven and have a nice life. No, it's a life of following Jesus. One day there will be a spiritual payday. Every person will receive his earnings. Scripture is clear that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The payment for that sin will be death. Not just a physical death. We will all experience that. Scripture speaks of death as an eternal separation from God. Sinners will receive the wages they deserve. In contrast to what we deserve, God offers a free gift to us. A free gift. This gift cannot be earned. It has been paid for by Jesus and his work on the cross. It cost him everything. So, will you hold out your hands and receive this gift? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, for our continuing study entitled, Speak Up. Now, that verse says, your hope. What that simply means is, I want you to write this down. It's speak up, tell your story. When the person comes and asks him, how can you get through this? Maybe a lady just had a breast biopsy or something. How can you get through this? And a guy just is, knows he's going to lose you. How can you get through? How, can you, how do you trust God and all this stuff? Jesus and Paul knew this principle. A personal testimony proven by a matching life is a powerful witness. We're able to share with people, I used to be like you. I used to be so confused. I didn't get it either. I thought being good enough was great. And then one day someone shared the real truth of the gospel with me, and it totally changed my life. So when we share our own testimony, it's not too difficult because it's my testimony. You're not going to say, I want to tell you about someone. I can't think of their name. Uh, I wonder how they came to the Lord. No, it was you. I mean, it's not too difficult. So you're going to be able to share with them what God did for you in your life. It's personal. And you want to share more about what he's done since you came to Christ than all the junk before. Now, sometimes you have to talk about the junk a little bit, but you don't focus there. You focus on the what? On what God's done from you since. See, a personal testimony is powerful. It gives us an ability to say to people, this is what I was. I was just like you. I remember when I was just like you. I was lost. I was confused. I didn't get it. I thought church was ridiculous. I was just like you. and But God changed my life. Now, I'm going to give you a little story that 
It's very strange because Jesus would do things so different. You could never put Jesus into a box. One day Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. It was a Gentile area. And, uh, and when we go there, we always go to this area where uh, he, when he got out of the boat, he met a man uh, who was demon-possessed. Well, as he saw this man, the man lived basically in a tombstone area. That he just was there. And nobody could control him. Every chain that they put on him, he just broke it. Well, the, the, the whole crux of the story, when Jesus came, he cast all the demons out. And there was legions of demons. He cast them all out. The man was totally free. When Jesus came, the man was without clothes, out of his mind. And the next picture we see when the demons left, he's in his right mind, in his clothes. Let me share something. When you really meet Jesus, you will change. If you think you've met Jesus and there's been no change, you haven't met the real Jesus. So, the next thing this man, and you can imagine, what's this man going to say to Jesus? He says to Jesus, hey, I want to get in your boat and I want to hang with you. This is amazing. I have never been free. Now watch what Jesus does. Take a look at this. I have it for you. The man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him, found in Luke chapter 8. But Jesus sent him home. Look what he says. No, go back to your family. Tell them everything God has done for you. Jesus says to him, no, I don't want you to go with me. I want you to go back where your family is. Because if you come to the other side of Israel, these people don't know you. They don't know your history. They have no idea who you are. You go back to your family, and as you walk into the town, the people say, get away, get away, that guy's crazy. And they see you, and they're going to say to you, what happened? Open door, open door, open door, open door. Before Jesus, after Jesus. Now understand, so he went through all the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. I'm going to give you a Selah moment this morning. Selah simply means this, or Selah, however you like to say it. Stop and think about it. And I don't want you talking with anybody at any campus. I want you to just read this statement and think about it yourself. Here's the statement. What has Jesus done for you? Take an eight and a half by 11 sheet, quiet time this afternoon, tomorrow. Just begin writing down where you came from and what God's done for you. You know what I discover? We're pretty ungrateful people. We complain about all the things that aren't right. But God has done so much for every single one of us. In fact, the Psalms say this, don't forget all the blessings God has given you. You see, if you're here this morning and know Jesus, there's nothing more important. You say, well, Pastor Mario, yeah, but my job isn't right and the finance problem over here, my marriage is gone, my kid's gone off to this. That's life. But if you're negative and critical and focused on all the stuff is wrong, how can we be filled with praise? So take a moment. And by the way, If you're negative and critical and focusing on the things, which we all can do very easily, on the things that are wrong with me, I'm useless as a fisherman. 
Who wants to hear you say, well, I'm a Christian, but... <laughs> They're going to say, well, that's my life. I thought you're supposed to be different. Whoops. So let me just challenge you this morning. Write down. When you write it down, by the way, tell your spouse or your kids, or if you're living with a roommate, someone, tell them in about a half hour after you finish, they'll probably hear something like this. Hallelujah! Praise God! This is great! Wonderful! Not in church, but at home. Because when you finish writing what God's done for you, let's praise the Lord. Amen? Now, if you're here this morning, say, Pastor Mark, you're weird. No, let's praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands right now and just praise the Lord for all God's done. Give him praise right now. Thank him. Let's thank him this morning. Hallelujah. No, we're not weird. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. Hallelujah. See, we forget where we've come from. So Jesus sends this guy back. Is that strange or what? It's really weird to me. Now turn to Romans chapter 6. This is the verse you know. You kind of know it by heart. But I want to dissect it with you. But let's look at it first. Romans 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Would you write this? Speak up. Man's greatest problem is sin. Jesus is the only solution. See, sometimes it's just a bottom line that we have to get to. And this is the issue. Jesus came to this earth. He came to save his people from their sins. Jesus came to this earth to solve man's greatest problem, which is sin. Jesus is the solution. Now, I'm going to show you this verse in an illustrative way. Be careful that you don't use can presentations. We need to be led by the Spirit. Nothing wrong with using this or the four spiritual laws or even the, the illustrations we gave you last week. I've used all of these on a napkin, on a flight, to a flight attendant, in an airport. I've used all of these. But Jesus used a million different ways to share the gospel. So don't get yourself in some kind of a can thing. And every person you meet, you use this statement to them. That's not being led by the Spirit. Let the Spirit lead you. Find some of these things. But this one verse gives us a simple truth very clearly and easily. There's a gap between man who's sinful on the left-hand side and God who's holy on the other side. So one thing you always have to have in the back of your mind is this. Sin always separates. As a Christian, sin separates me from fellowship with God. If I'm angry at people, unforgiving with people, at work, whatever, home, kids, you name it. If I'm on the outs with people, I'm on the outs with God. Because I'm supposed to ask for forgiveness. I'm supposed to humble myself. I'm supposed to live in unity. God hates division because it destroys us. So I can be out of fellowship as a Christian with God. But the unbeliever is automatically out of fellowship because every single person is born in sin. So there's this gap. Now, how are we going to solve the gap? So let's look at this verse. For the wages of sin is death. Let's talk about wages first. How many know in our country today, people get away with murder? (laughs) I just say it like that. If you have enough money and you have a great lawyer, people just get away with stuff, don't they? By the way, there's a great judge who's just. In the end, it ain't going to happen. 
But sometimes it makes us mad. People think today, I can, I can sin and get away with it. No, 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 you don't. I use a statement I heard somebody else make. Choose to sin, choose to suffer. You see, if, if you sin, there is consequences. Don't, don't think it's going to go away. So what is the consequence of sin without God? Here's the consequence. The wages of sin. By the way, we don't use that word sin too much. A lot of churches today, they made a little mistake. Oh, I just used wrong judgment. Well, let's just call it what it is. Sin. For the wages of sin is, say it with me. Death. Okay. Let's see how good you were from last week. How many kinds of death are we talking about? One, two, or three? How many? How many think one kind of death we're talking about? Okay. How many think two kinds of death? Okay. How many think three kinds of death? How many don't think? Okay. So how many kinds of death are there? Three. So let me give them to you. If you've never written them down, write them down. It's very important. You need to understand it. The first kind of death is physical death. Just turn to your neighbor right now and say, you're going to die. Just go, it's fun. Just tell them that. You're going to die. Isn't that good? How many know that you're, unless, unless the rapture comes, you're going to die. I'm going to die. It's physical death. It's physical death. What's the second kind of death? The second kind of death is spiritual. What does that mean? Death means separation. So spiritual death means I'm separated from who? A holy God. So every person is, make sure you understand this. Every person, including you and me, were born spiritually what? Dead. That's why Nicodemus, a religious man, comes to Jesus. And Jesus says to Nicodemus, you need to be born Again, why? Because the first time you were born, you were born separated from God. So to solve that, you got to get born again. That's why we use the term. So every person is born spiritually dead, separated from God because of their sin in the Holy God. Make sense? Now, what's the third kind of death? Eternal death. Eternal death. What does eternal death mean? It means if I don't solve my sin problem... When I die, I will be separated from God for how long? You just defined it. Eternity. Forever. You see, when you die, when I die, there's only two destinations. Heaven with God. Hell separated from God. There's no in between. There's no second coming back. Is there appointed unto man once to die and after death to judge it? There's no like, well, I'm going to come back 42 times until I get it right. You can come back a million times and you'll never get it right. But you have no chance to come back. When you die, it's it. You're either in relationship with God through Jesus Christ or you're not. So the wages of sin is death. Now, I want you to think about that. Every person you're writing on your card is spiritually dead. Now, you can't be cocky about that because where did you and I start? Same place. But we made a change. Here's the next word. Okay, this is not a hard question. Uh, the wages of sin is death. What's the, next, what's the next word? But, in other words, there's a change coming. Here it is, the change. But the gift of God. Now, gift. What is a gift? How do most people think they're going to get to heaven? Because they're good enough. You better not cry. You better watch out. Santa's coming on me. Who's naughty or nice? And a cross is. See, we give gifts and kids think, well, I better be good because I'm going to have to get a gift. 
A gift should have nothing to do with being good. A gift is a, it's a gift. You don't actually deserve it. It's a gift. So where is this gift coming from? It's not coming from the church. It's coming from God. By your notes, just write Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And you can look it up there. Men, good people don't go to heaven. Only forgiven people go. That's why John 3.16 tells us Jesus is the gift that God sent to us. So the gift of God is what? It's not eternal death. Now it's eternal life. So you can write heaven. You can write whatever. And how did that happen? Look right above the cross. The word believe. See, a person has to make a choice to leave. That's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, hey, you must be born again. Your choice. I have to repent of my sins and believe. And believe is an action word. It's not just head. It's an action word. It means a lifestyle of following Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. He didn't say, just get saved, have your life insurance for heaven and have a nice life. No, it's a life of following Jesus. Now, is eternal life in Christ Jesus? Christ Jesus. Now look at there. What is the only solution to man's sin? It isn't really what. It's who. You can't do anything to solve your sin problem. Either can I. Jesus already did it. On the cross, it is finished. So the solution to bridge the gap is Jesus Christ. Now, that's not politically correct today. Sorry. It's the truth. doesn't matter what anybody believes. The only way to God is Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to look at the last word because this is a hard one for us. Eternal life in Christ Jesus, our, doesn't say our Savior. He is our Savior. The word Lord is kurios. It means this, boss, master. See, if you come to Christ, just like I said, and you accept him as your Savior, but you want to do your own thing, you're not going to repent when you're on the outs with somebody or treating somebody bad or lying or stealing. or te- You don't want to repent or anybody. Then he's not your Lord. And to be honest, if he's not your Lord, he's not your Savior either. Now, we don't earn salvation. But you can't come to Christ and live however you want. He becomes the Lord of our life. We lovingly respond to him. So be careful. Because Jesus said... In Matthew 7, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, amen. We're ready to come into heaven. And Jesus says to them, I don't know who you're talking to, but you never serve me as Lord. And there's words nobody here ever wants to hear. Depart from me. They're lost. He said, Pastor Mark, that's like, why do you say that in a church? You need to hear it from me while there's time before you hear it from God, and it's too late. See, people say this. If you talk about hell, what happened to the love of God? The love of God is to keep us from hell. So this morning, if you're playing games, you say, well, I've been a Christian 54 years. Change? Well, not really. Get saved this morning. It's time to start doing it right. So there is the issue. I don't have a lot of time to go with it. Uh, how, how many of you think as you looked at that, as you looked at that, uh, that, that, that helped a little bit? A little bit. Let me see your hand. How many think it didn't help at all? How many are clueless of what I just said? Okay. Uh, it's a, terrible for a pastor to say it helped. I hope that helps you. 
See, it's very clear what it is. Now, turn with me to Romans. One of the things that we have, as I told you about earlier, we fear a lot of things. That's why we don't share the gospel. We have all kinds of fears. Well, I want to give you a bunch of no fears. So watch how this goes. Paul says this, Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. So write this down. Speak up. No fear. The gospel is powerful. See, there's no reason for fear when you share the gospel. Because it doesn't matter who shares the gospel. It's not about you. It's not about me. The power is in the gospel. When Peter shared with the Jews after the day of Pentecost, he was filled with the Spirit. He shared the gospel. Jesus Christ crucified, risen uh, from the dead. He shared the gospel. Peter had never really preached a sermon. He shared the gospel. 3,000 people were cut to their heart. And they said, how do we solve this? What do we do? And he says, repent and be baptized. You receive the same gift. You see, don't be fearful. Pastor Mark, if I share the gospel, maybe I'll get the verse wrong or whatever. And Who cares? It isn't you. It's the power of the gospel. You say, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me either. Do you know that the Bible says the way God gets people's hearts is through preaching. Guys like me standing up here. Sounds stupid, doesn't it? But how did all you get saved? Through preaching. That's the way God does it. So don't be fearful. You're not going to have the perfect kind of thing. You just have to trust God. Absolutely, the gospel is powerful. Second, notice in that verse, no fear, everyone can be saved. Everyone. Sometimes we look at people and go, that ain't going to happen. Some of you are here and people used to say that about you. You fooled them, didn't you? You got saved. What do you think the community of the man that had maybe a, a hundred demons in him, what do you think the community thought about that guy ever, ever changing? What do you think they thought? Zero chance. No problem. Anyone that you write on that list is not too far from God. God can save anyone. Because it's not up to you. It's the power of the gospel. So, as you begin to speak, I can share, because the gospel's powerful, I know that the person I'm speaking to, doesn't matter their background, doesn't matter your background this morning, you might be too far for God, you think. No, that's the enemy lying to you. You can change wherever you're at listening to me, right now, today, brand new, doesn't matter what you are, this is what God's going to change you. Now, the next thing you want to see is verse X18, this is the other power. Notice this verse. You know it. We read it. But you will receive power, talking about you and my as Christians, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, when we're controlled by the Spirit, and then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, Brevard County, down the Indian River County, all over where God put us. So write this down. Speak up. No fear. God's Spirit provides us boldness. You see, this is not just a verse. This isn't like a concept. This isn't just a teaching. It's a promise from God. Sharing the gospel with people can be a very intimidating process. We have fears of rejection and just not knowing if we're doing it right. Pastor Mark shared with us easy steps in sharing the gospel with people. We're to watch for open doors. They're everywhere. 
Then we should know the essentials and share those. And finally, we're to be like Jesus. Share with humility, gentleness, and love. And then remember that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series the next time you join us. For those of you that like to have CD archives of Bible teachings, we'd like to offer you a CD of Pastor Mark's message from today. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5. This is only to cover the materials and shipping it takes for you to receive your CD. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option. Now, here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is MB552, and the title of this message is Speak Up. Again, today's message number for ordering purposes is MB552, and the title of this message is Speak Up. As we continue the series Step Up, Pastor Mark encourages us to follow the will of God. God calls us all to share the gospel. It's important that we share with even just one person. God sees everyone as important. He came to die for even one person. That person could be your father, your brother, your neighbor. Just think what this world would be like if we all just told one person about Jesus. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from our series entitled Step Up. That's next time on Lessons for Living. 